This is NFL.com's Coaches Show Podcast. 40 men together can't lose. This is why you lift all them weights. Everybody's driving out there. Nobody's got them. And now we're going. There's a gleam, men. There's a gleam. Thanks for checking out the Coaches Show. I'm here with my partner, Steve Mariucci, and Coach... I don't know, week eight, it was a phenomenal week, but it told me from one week to the next, and every week we do the same thing. We're supposed to handicap games and who's going to win or not. I got no idea who's going to win and who isn't. It just is so, each week, it's its own little entity. Well, join the club because I have no idea either, and that's why we play the games, right? And boy, some exciting games. A lot of them come right down to the wire, and it's, you know, we're done with pretty much the first half of the season. But stick around. It's going to get exciting. Yeah. Two teams. Let's talk about two teams and in particular. And it always occurs to me that how this league looks at the quarter mark versus the halfway mark versus the three-quarter mark, totally different. Two teams that were kind of given up for lost, got no chance, were Pittsburgh and the New England Patriots of all the, of all the teams to talk about. It. Now those two games yesterday – just overwhelming performances, and I don't know that Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger can play any better than they did this last weekend. Remember that press conference, Brian, that Bill Belichick had after after they uh, yeah. you know got beat by the Chiefs, and they were talking about are you going to make a switch at quarterback? And it's like, <laughs> he, he oh my God, up, the sky is falling. He looked and over s- at that guy who asked that question, like, are I you on drugs or what? I want to know who that is. Yeah. And, 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 and since then, I think Tom Brady's kind of answered the bell for touchdowns and no picks and just a dominate. I put a 50 burger, uh, you know, up yesterday against the Bears. And my God, I think he's found this Brandon LaFell, a new weapon. Oh, here he is. And he had 11 catches. And how about Gronk? He's finally healthy. And uh, this team, man, they, they look for real. And I can't wait till the Denver Broncos show up next week. It's going to be a doozy. Did I? And I, they'll correct me if I'm wrong. I know, or someone will tweet in that. That, but did they not score? I'm talking about New England now on every single possession. I don't know. Did they? Uh, something like that. Unbelievable. They yeah, looked. Pro- they looked like they had a rhythm that. And we've been. Have you ever had one of those games where you were no. just you just knew every call was. No matter what you call, quarterback <laughs> sneak went for thirty yards. Just every every call yeah. was just golden. Yeah, no, I missed. I missed that. I, uh, <laughs> you missed that opportunity. I know, their, I know their punter's got the easiest job now. He doesn't even have to take a shower after the games. I mean, it's it's uh, it's fun to watch that team. And then how about those Steelers? My God, I, I didn't think. I thought, oh, geez, they're rebuilding the defense, right? And they're going to be younger. And Dick LeBeau's got to kind of start over with a bunch of guys. And Ben has had it. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. They could do no wrong. And you know what? They've been. Very quietly, good on offense. They've been a top 10 offense in rushing and passing. And, of course, they put it all together yesterday, and they, too, put a 50-burger up against the Colts, of all people. The Colts are a good football team. Right. Well, that's a, they're a perfect example. This is a team. Let's remember now, the week previous to this, the Indianapolis Colts shut out the Cincinnati out. Bengals. You the know Cincinnati, how hard it is to shut somebody out in the NFL? It, it that's so really rarely impossible. happens. And then get 50 plus points we were in a production meeting and they asked me to obviously they knew the question they said is that the biggest turnaround from one week to the next a team that gets uh, creates a shutout defensively and then gives up 50 plus points it's only ninth oh it's only yeah. ninth in history what were the team they told me there was a tampa bay team in, in the 85s that shut out a team 
and then got beat by 62 <laughs> points the next week. How, Ooh, how about that for a for a? But there's an example of you're up and down, right? Okay? How do you who'd but, have thought that that Indianapolis defense could be you know manipulated that way? And and that to me that's what made the Pittsburgh game and what Ben Roethlisberger. You know, it's interesting to me too about Roethlisberger. We talk about the the, the you know when you go to Africa, they always have the Big Five, right? You got to see the Big Five. It's a rhino, it's a lion, it's all that kind of stuff. Well, the Big Five, yeah, you know, I know the the Italy, I've they never have the, been to Africa, the but big, I will go now. It's awesome, but and and we always talk about the elite quarterbacks, and you're talking about Brady and Manning and and Rodgers and Breeze. Why do we leave Ben Roethlisberger out of that? Because he's got two Super Bowls. We do though, and 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 I, you know, I. Sometimes I think about that, you know, and I'm sitting by myself. Why do we leave Ben Roethlisberger? And because maybe he doesn't get style points. I, maybe because the, 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 the image and the tradition of that team is defense and run the ball and and it's not pretty. But it was pretty, it was pretty yesterday. And that guy, you know what? Those, those bumblebee uniforms, I just make me sick watching them. But they, they wore those in 1934. And Ben's undefeated in those uniforms yep. now. And in fact, the whole season in 34, they threw four touchdown passes. Ben had more than that yesterday. I've but done man, two alive. games. I've done two huh? games of the Steelers when they had those Bumblebee uniforms. My theory is this. They come out, they are so embarrassed to be in those dog ugly jerseys. They got to go, we got to make up for this. We got to play really well because these things look just terrible. Is, is that a marketing thing? Do they think people are oh, going to yeah. buy those? Well, you know what? And, gift shop and they I mean, always do on. it around uh, halloween some so some marketing guy yeah. has sold them on the fact that you know what we'll sell a bunch of these jerseys on halloween look like you the pajamas you sleep in when you were sleeping down at Favre's last week uh, you tell me you put one of those jerseys on <laughs> right uh yeah i'm sure i did yeah, well I'm and sure. let's i want to finish off with with this that that uh, two things that jump out at me one with the steelers Boy, Le'Veon Bell. I know, I know, Ben Roethlisberger. But does this guy look special? He looks physical. He looks fast. He catches the ball out of the backfield. This guy looks spectacular to me. He's a Michigan State Spartan. That's there. Why. You go. Okay. Twenty okay. pounds, Brian. See, I just said you. Lost, I got to call him up and find out how he lost twenty pounds because he looks fast and he's catching the ball like a receiver out there. And then uh, Martavius Bryant is a rookie, and he he did well. And and Antonio Brown, of course. But, yeah, this team has got good balance on offense. And they very – take a look at the stats now. They're right up there in the top in rushing and passing. And it's this younger defense, younger. It's still not really young, but it's younger uh, than it was four years ago. But uh, you know what? All of a sudden the Steelers are catching our attention because Cincinnati, Baltimore, you know, that, 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 that division over there is really up for grabs. I'm glad, and I got to finish with Martavius Bennett. I went down to Clemson to do a coaching clinic for him. This is before the draft, and this kid comes up and introduces himself. And it's Martavius yeah. Bennett, and I'm thinking, oh, because you look at a kid, you got. I don't know if this kid can play or not, but boy, does fourth he. Fourth rounder, he, what was he? Fourth rounder. Yes, you know, I, I called Ozzy Newsom when I got done because the coaches were telling me about it. And he's a kid, kind of young kid, and and obviously in the uh, the shadow of uh, Sammy Watkins and all that's gone down there, and DeAndre Hopkins and all that. And this kid was, I'm 6'5", and this, I'm looking at this kid eyeball to eyeball. He's cut, he's smooth, he's a great young man. I thought, boy, and the coaches were telling me about him. So I went back to look at a little film on this kid. I called Ozzy. I said, boy, you got to look at this kid because this, this kid looks pretty good. Let's move on to two teams that, um, you know, like we were a month ago, we were kind of giving Pittsburgh and, and New England up for, for, uh, for dead because you did say you thought Tom Brady was too old and couldn't play anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> but two teams that now also subtly kind of resurrected themselves a little bit are Seattle and and uh, New Orleans. Now, Seattle, that was an overwhelming win against Carolina. But the West Coast to East Coast, it was a good, solid win. And they got, they've got the Raiders and the New York Giants coming up. So they're about to get a little mojo going, I think. Well, I don't know if one win is a resurrection, but Seattle, that's a funny team right now. You know, the champs are trying to fight out of a hole, like you said. They seem like there's chaos going on over in that locker room a little bit. And you know what? It took Russell Wilson to win the game at the end. This kid's playing his butt off. I mean, he's, he's sensational. They even lost last week, and he had 300 yards and 100 rushing. So he's kind of keeping it together a little bit. Big win because they're going to come home. Uh, and Seattle will play Oakland and the Giants at home, and they should win those games. But, Brian, after that, <laughs> they play yeah, five time. division games. And it's showtime now. And then, and then their other two games are at Kansas City and at, uh, I believe, Philadelphia. That's a tough schedule yeah. for anybody, right? Especially the champs. And then the Saints now, you know, beating that's a quality win beating the Packers. But, darn it. They always win at home. Yeah, and right? Drew Brees was looked so much. We did a thing on Playbook last week showing how uncomfortable Drew Brees was in the pocket, getting rushed, throwing up some balls where you, you kind of wonder, boy, that's not Drew Brees-like. Because we both know how good he is in the pocket. He was a former tennis player. Beat Andy Roddick. I don't know if you knew that. No. Nope. Drew Brees beat Andy Roddick in tennis, I think, in high school. Anyways, um, he looked very uncomfortable in the pocket for the first time. And then last night. Just look, you saw just a subtle step, the up, move up. That big throw to uh, Brandon Cooks down the, the, the in the end zone where he just subtly stepped in the pocket, moved up, had his shoulders perfect, delivered. The, he looked like the Drew Brees we all know and love. How fast is Brandon Cooks? Man, oh, my gosh. Can, he's a rocket. And Mark Ingram looked like a faster kind of a back all of a sudden. But the, but the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing is they're so good in the dome and they're not very good at all away from home and they got to get that fixed if they want to work themselves back into the race in the playoffs and advance like I thought they would early in the season you know in preseason I thought they would be right there in the final four not so fast I uh, they still have things to fix on defense but that was a good win against Aaron Rodgers. But I, hope, there, I hope Aaron Rodgers is not hurt. I know. I mean, he's got you, that knew, you knew, didn't it? He was a, it was a minor irritant. I didn't know if he pulled the hamstring or was a cramp, but it was noticeable, the difference. He just yeah. wasn't moving around the same. No, and, then, and that's one of his right. things that he brings to the table is his ability to escape and make plays with his legs and his arm while he's running. And so uh, that, that, that's concerning, I'm sure. They have a bye, though, and they'll, he'll get it fixed. Well, but and to contrast where they're at right now, obviously New Orleans, they're in a division. You know, 8-8 eight and eight will probably get it done. And by way of Carolina, it could be 7-9-1, and one, right? How about that as well, a division it, it, winner? It happened to Pete Carroll, right? 7-9 sure a couple years ago over there in the, in the uh, NFC West. And so I can't wait to go to our game, you know, in Carolina, the Saints- at Carolina on Thursday night. I mean, this this is for first place in that. Could. In that, uh, I don't want to say average division, but it's just well, no, it's, it's kind of right average now, is being complimentary. If you I say that's it, an average it, division, somebody's <laughs> got to win that division, right? Yeah. And nobody, Thursday night's going to maybe determine it. 
nobody wants it. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it was just interesting to see them, obviously, good, solid wins. You got a sense from Pete Carroll, I think, after the game watching the news conference that he knows his team's in a little bit of peril. He was thrilled to have the win. And, of course, it's, well, you only beat Carolina 13-9. to It was the West Coast to East Coast. They were lucky to get out of there with the win. He knows what's coming down the pike here a little bit with two teams that you ought to beat. So, But you could tell it was a little bit different, Pete Carroll, I think, than we saw last year when they had it going so good. Um, let's, let's move on. Uh, oh, boy, this is going to be a tough one because I wrote about it today um, about the different perspective coaches that are struggling right now. And as typical, you have – teams that are struggling you contrast what's going on in Tampa Bay and Tennessee with Ken Wisenhunt and Lovey Smith who are on the first year of a contract both are trying to find the quarterback and the strength they have they can go to their team going look I don't I don't I know one thing I'm gonna be here next year so you better show me you can still play so you got that motivation but let's talk a little bit about Mike Smith in uh, in Atlanta our friend Rex Ryan in New York uh, is a tough one. And even Mark Tressman, a little bit different situation in Chicago. But let's yeah. talk about what, what Mike Smith and Rex Ryan can do at one and forever with teams that end questions about what their future is going to be, how, yeah. how you can hold that together. And your last year in Detroit was the kind of the handwriting on the wall. I mean, could you oh. see that? And did you, how did you hold that together? I didn't. <laughs> but you finished <laughs> no, the I- season. You know what? We've both been on the hot yes, seat we before, have. and it's not very comfortable, all right? And, and so, after this but, podcast, but, we may be there again, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, so so when you sign your contract, right. it, there's a little clause that says you will be on the hot seat. Do you understand right. that? Right. Yes. And so, um, and then the three coaches, or, you know, the, the couple teams that you mentioned, you know, with Mike Smith, he started off like gangbusters. when he His first five years, what did he win, 56 games? Right. You try to average 11 wins a season in the National Football League, man, you ought to to be coach of the year. And took over an organization, a team that could not have been. It was the way it had been through the Michael Vick and the coaches that had been fired and walked away. That organization was absolute at rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah, and he and he and and he and Thomas Dimitrov took the bull by the horns and really got it going along with Matt Ryan and a lot of other reasons. But when you look at something that's kind of in a tailspin, you, you, you know, some people call them excuses. You can call them reasons. You can just look at it and analyze it. My God, I don't know who's going to win games when five of your offensive linemen on are now on injured reserve, and you're and you're starting an undrafted rookie center and 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 you got injuries galore all over the place and that's the reality of it nobody wants to hear about that did the coaches forget about did did they forget how to coach right and 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 all of that so he's in a tough spot and it's hard to work himself out of it because some of those guys aren't coming back they're just not coming back all right and and same with rex over there at the jets He's got a problem that that everybody can see. They have a quarterback issue. There are other things, of course. There are other there, there are other reasons why they're one and seven, but the quarterback position is just not getting it done for him. And, and you're lost. I, I was in that situation before, where you just there's nowhere to go, and and uh, you know and. Over there at the Bears, you mentioned with Mark Tressman, it's a different situation. It is a different situation, those and other two, because let's talk is. a little bit about how the expectation. Uh, let me ask this question first, leading to how what Mark Tressman, the trust, what he has to deal with, because we know what Rex mm-hmm. and Mike have to deal with, and it's tough, and we've all been there. I remember I go 13-3. and three. Next year we come back, we go five and eleven. I lose my quarterback, three offensive linemen, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And and when they do? come when I mean, they come in to let me go, they're going, look, we know nobody could have won with the things that happened to you this year. 
but you're still fired. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel right. a whole lot better. But yeah. does Mark, let me ask you by way of saying this up, you look at the offensive personnel, save the quarterback position, because we could do a whole show on Jay Cutler. But with those receivers, with Marshall Brandon, Alshon Jeffrey, and the tight end, Martellus Bennett, wasn't that a great catch in the end zone? Laying on his back, catching that ball in the touchdown. They got Matt Forte out of the backfield. Really a good offensive line. I think it's a good offensive line. Is there... Is there any offensive personnel except a quarterback position that you would trade for the Chicago Bears? Maybe, maybe, Detroit, maybe Dallas, maybe, maybe in uh, Denver. That's pretty good personnel. Yeah, that's yeah, the that's Denver. the you see where I'm going with this. When well, you've got good yeah. personnel, what? How do you now? What do you hang your hat on? And say, how do we turn this around? They have better personnel on offense than they do on defense, and 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 uh, and defensively, you know, of course, Peanut Tillman's out, and he's a leader over there, and. And they're just just average on defense. The the issue with and Mark's Mark's a smart guy. I love Mark, and he's a he's a good coach. There's something out of whack with the chemistry of that team, it seems. And and so he's got a he's got a different issue to fix than trying to coach up a quarterback or or you know find a new offense. He's got. He's, it seems like there's a chemistry thing there that's not conducive. Does that to, not come you know, back to Jay Cutler though, the guy you just gave you gave fifty four million dollars to? I did not give anybody any money. I, yeah, but you know what? You got you got to have a quarterback, and that's what the market will bear. You know what I mean? And and he will play good games at times. He's just so up and down and inconsistent. I, I heck, he could come out next game and just light it up for four hundred yards. He's that good. Yeah. But uh, someone so asked anyways, me if if the locker room what, what if the locker room explodes again like it did last week, and my point was, if it doesn't, I'm going to be upset. Because now that just means we're resigned to losing. We give up. We're tired of fighting it, and just it is what it is. Yeah, but you know what? But sometimes it's like, you know, just bite your tongue a little bit. But, um, you know, they've got to get some things fixed. They were right there close last year and got beat by the Packers on the last play of the game when Aaron Rodgers seeing through the touchdown to Randall Cobb. So they almost made the playoffs last year. It's probably going to be an almost make the playoffs this year, too, even if they fight hard and, and play well, because I'm not sure if they're quite that way. So you got some coaches that they're fighting for their jobs. You know, I'm not saying Mark Tressman in his second year is fighting for his job. They just hired the guy. They got to give him a chance to get this thing. Yeah, but all that means is he's going to get paid. You and I both know that that, because people always say, well, they're not going to fire this guy. They just hired him. Well, we're in a league where Mike Malarkey got hired, fired after one year. So did the Jasinski up in in Cleveland. And I always say, you know what, all that means is you're going to get paid doesn't mean you're there. They gave me a brand-new four-year contract. And to the day, almost a year later, let me go. And having to pay me the three remaining years. So just because they have a, a – So you a, got paid three years, and when you went riding on your bike around there that's with right. spandex on I was counting Europe. my money the whole time. And – Pulling down, pulling down those checks. Well, we're a breaking news show, so let's. I want to back up to the Jets just a minute. It was announced that Michael Vick is going to start for the Jets. Okay, right. Really? Against Kansas City. So let's talk about that just a second. Where? Let's spin this forward. What's going to happen with Michael Vick at quarterback at at Kansas City? You know, they made the big Ooh. Percy Harvin. Okay, this is going to make the difference, and now it didn't. Okay, now we're going to start Michael Vick. Now, now where do we go as the Jets? Ouch. And I, you know, Michael Vick has had his day in the right. sun. I mean, he, you know, he was a, a heck of a player, impossible to defend. And I, I don't see that anymore. He will make some throws and he will run for some first downs. But I, I think he's descending in his career. Let's face it. I'm, I'm, it's too bad that Geno didn't make progress. I thought he would. 
They don't have enough weapons around these quarterbacks anyway. I, I, uh, it's a tough spot. I know Marty Morningwig, uh, their play caller, probably is going a little crazy trying to figure out how to get some, some first downs and some points on the board. And Rex is just trying to do it. And you know what? You know what, though? I'm watching that team play. They love Rex, you know? And Mike Smith. Oh, they these love teams Mike. are playing exactly. hard. They're playing hard. And, and, and that's part of the, the trick for these coaches that are, have teams that you got to keep hope alive. You got to keep your teams playing hard. And both of these guys are doing just that. Mark Tressman, they're all doing that. The teams are still fighting like crazy. And that means they'll win some games, probably not enough. Well, I'm, I, I always hate it. I absolutely hate it when I hear someone t- say, well, this team has quit on their coach. Well, first off, players don't play for the coach. You're exactly right. There's no team. They love Mike Smith. They love Rex Ryan. But they're playing for themselves, and they're playing for each other. And if they quit, it's not going to be quitting on those guys. It's, they're quitting on themselves. And it just irritates me when I hear people make the – like the coach is the one. You know, he's going to be accountable, but he's not necessarily responsible if they decide they're not going to continue to play and, and prepare at that high level. Yeah, it's a character check when you're struggling and you're in a tailspin uh, for everybody on that sideline and in that locker room to see who's got enough pride and character to do their best every week. Every snap that's on film is going to be an evaluation for that team or the next team. And so uh, that's what's interesting. We saw Tom Coughlin 0-6 last right. year, right? right? And you just knew darn well he was going to dig out of that hole somehow because he's so experienced and so good at what he does. Don't be surprised if these coaches don't find yeah. uh, a way to dig themselves out of this hole. And just to show that they're at least competitive. Well, let's get, let's get off this negative negativity and let's talk about something, some coach that's not on the hot seat and is absolutely brilliant, just performing brilliant right now. Uh, Bruce Arians, the job he's doing. Mm-hmm. We all are kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop in, in Arizona, are we not? And we thought Philadelphia might be. But uh, that was a brilliant performance on their part. And they are absolutely – are they truly not the team to beat now in the AFC or the NFC West? Can you, put yeah, your, can you put that mark on them yet? No, not yet because I just – you know, I, and I – I really like Bruce. He's such a he's such a good guy, and what a story that is! Oh, phenomenal! When he was, when he, when he was driving home from Pittsburgh Steelers because right. they didn't renew his contract, and then he goes with Chuck Pagano, and Chuck gets sick, and he becomes the coach of the year because he deserved it, and now he's going to do it again. I mean, he's he's a candidate for coach of the year again, and and part of that is because he's a good coach and a good man and a good play caller. Part of that is he's hired a good staff. Todd Bowles yep. is doing a heck of a job with that banged up defense. Part of it is, uh, you know, he had a backup quarterback, Drew Stanton, come in and save the day a little bit while Carson Palmer's nerve got better. And and he's got young guys contributing, so there's good player development going on in there in the desert. And so this is a heck of a fun team to watch. You knew yesterday, Brian, with the Eagles, it was going to be a doozy. These are playoff teams. Right. And and, uh, wow. The only thing is Philadelphia – Philadelphia's got uh, Nick Foles is not playing quite as well as he did last year, and uh, but they're still a very dangerous team. But Bruce Arians, oh boy, he's got this team playing so confidently. You know, down in distance it was on that touchdown to John Brown. It's third and five, and he runs a four pump. All right, to, for all the marbles, and that's a gutsy play call now to go for the win on third and five. Yeah, when you're down by uh, three points, it, but it if, was amazing. But if Chip, Kel- two things jumped out at me on that. One, 
if Chip Kelly, where's the free safety? If I'm Chip Kelly, you could he go out. bit on the four route, you right? You could go out, choke <laughs> that safety to death, and not a court in America would convict you, right? You're supposed to be in the middle of the field. What are you doing biting on the inside? But here, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to put you on the spot here because we're both intrigued with what Chip Kelly is doing. Yeah. Does, I get the sense that I'm watching the run and shoot from the 80s. Remember when that, when that all came in hey, and hey, huge numbers right. and up and down the field, but they got in the red zone that bogged down and they never really won with it. So I was, so I was a, a guest coach up in Canada. Remember Mouse Davis? Yeah, the absolutely. The father of the run and yeah. shoot. I got my books here. You want me to pull them out? And, and yeah, a little bit like that. And Chip Kelly came right down the field with a minute, right. and he caught the pass one foot out of bounds. Otherwise, they win. Right. That's a heck of a football game. But they got stopped on the goal line the series before, two plays in a row, boom, boom. When you're trying to go get a yard and you're in shotgun, there's no quarterback sneak threat. There's no power game. Um, so that to me, the, the weakness of that spread kind of an offense reared its ugly head on the goal line at Arizona because they could not get a yard. And, and so, um, but it's still very, very exciting football, very yeah. dangerous. Game. I can't wait to see the Cowboys versus the Eagles. You talk about contrasting styles, high number of plays yeah. spread wide open, obviously Dallas playing with, uh, you know, they got the DeMarco Murray and they got the big receiver outside and they're going to ball control and they got a quarterback performing at a, at a high level. Just the contrasting styles of play that these two teams, that's, that's going to be a very, very good game. It's going to be a good game, and those are the two teams that are fighting for that not only division, but a bye in the playoffs. But, you know, you mentioned Dallas. Arizona goes there next week. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, you know, they're different divisions, but that's quite a rivalry. Sure. In, in the old, the woods, it used right? to be in the, uh, hard to believe that Arizona used to be in the old NFC East, right? So they used to yeah. play each other twice every year. It's been a long time. You and I are old enough to remember that. But they used to be in the NFC East. <laughs> And, and uh, you're right, that is more of a rivalry than people really realize. You know, Brian, you know, it, this, I'm watching these games, all of these games, and every, every game, every game I see rookies making plays, yeah. whether they're offensive linemen, receivers, quarterbacks, everybody's playing except Manziel. I mean, this might be the best rookie class that we've had in a long, long time, and I, I can't sit here and name all of them because every team's got a couple of rookies playing right. for them and playing well. Anthony Barr out of UCLA, I never thought I'd say this out about a UCLA player, but Anthony Barr out of UCLA for, uh, I think, could be the rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, How about and- offense? Offense, you gotta, you got to love what you saw with Brandon Cooks the other night. And Kelvin Benjamin, did you see go up and Kelvin pull that Benjamin. ball down from Richard Sherman? They put Richard Sherman on him quite yeah. a bit, and he made some plays. He had four catches, and Richard Sherman will say, well, you only had four catches. But but you know what? They were big catches, and, and he's playing against the best, and that's a heck of a matchup. Yeah, so it's going to be t- – there are a lot of good rookies this year. My God. Okay, we've got uh, just a couple minutes left. Final takeaways from, from week eight. What, what jumped out at you as – I? Uh, if I were to ask a question, okay, I know this, that, what? I don't know anything. But anyway, but here's <laughs> the thing. Through the fir- most of the first half of the season, Brian, I was, I've been noticing this because of all that new emphasis on the rules, you know, all these penalties and illegal contact and holding on defense, right? And there's been a ton more of right. those calls this year than before. Record so set. So I thought right, right off the bat, I thought there'd be more passing yards. Well, that hasn't been the case. There's been more rushing yards up until this weekend. Here we go. 
Four quarterbacks throw the ball for over 400 yards. That's never happened before. And so I got a feeling this this passing league that we think we have is going to really show that it's a passing league because everybody's slinging it like crazy right now and and taking full advantage of those that new emphasis yeah uh, but but and and it's so tough on defenses anymore to perform at a level to where the old formula of run the ball play great defense you know don't make mistakes Uh, you have to play record-setting defense because good defense isn't enough anymore in this league, particularly the way people can catch up. To me, the positive byproduct of that is that you're never out of it. You know, I I talked about Mm -hmm. this on Playbook. I've got, like your library there, I've got a book written by Newt Rockne in 1927. And no, he didn't sign it for me personally in 1927. I'm not that old. But in that book, it says if you've got – this is back in 1927. If you've got to choose between being good on offense or defense – be good on offense because you're never out of a game. Where And I've been on with some pretty good defensive teams where, you know, we're, we're, we're really good, but if all of a sudden we get down by two touchdowns and we're dead because there's no way we're going to come back. But that being said, is aren't we the byproduct of that being that you're never out of a game? Nowadays you're at down by – we saw teams coming back from 21 points down. Detroit comes back from 21 points down because we're in a league because of the rules, because of the quarterback playing, whatever, that you're never out of it. Yeah, we saw that with the Steelers trying to, you know, extend their lead with the Colts. And Andrew Luck just keeps coming back, just keeps coming back. And you, you, you sit there till the very last play watching these games because, like you said, they're never out of it. Well, that'll do it for the Coach Show. Make sure to check us. Go to NFL.com slash podcast to get the Coach Show podcast. And you can also check us out on NFL.com and streaming the Coach Show. <laughs>